Welcome back to the Attention Podcast, where you learn how to gain and retain the attention of your buyers to grow an audience. I'm Dan Sanchez with Sweetfish, and today I'm diving into an unpopular point of view that I have that I'm only becoming more convinced of. And that's that every B2B company needs two websites. Now, hold on. Before you tune out and skip to the next fantastic podcast episode in your queue, hear me out. Here's five reasons why your company should really consider having two websites instead of just one. The first one is positioning. Yes, we all know about positioning. All good marketers know about positioning. And you've probably positioned your product and your company into a certain category, or maybe you're being adventurous and you're doing a category play and creating your own position out there for something new. Either way, your positioning is probably not as broad as all the interests your target buyers are interested in. Take Sweetfish, for example. We're a B2B podcasting company. So our positioning is a B2B podcasting agency. It's a pretty niche, good positioning. And it's worked really well for us. Yet our target audience is our B2B marketers. Their interests go well beyond podcasting. In fact, a lot of our ideal buyers don't even have a podcast, not even listening to any content related to our topic. And that's why the main Sweetfish podcast, B2B Growth, is more than B2B podcasting. We wanted to reach an audience broader than our competitors, broader than the people that already have a B2B podcast. I want to reach the people that don't have a podcast yet. And therefore, I need to talk about the things that B2B marketers are interested, which is B2B marketing and all the topics related to that subject. Now, unfortunately, while we positioned the podcast correctly to go broader, we really needed to build a website with it. And so we're working on that now. But it would have behooved us to not couch that in Sweetfish's website, which is all about podcasting, and all the articles are about podcasting, except for this podcast that's about B2B marketing. It would really do well and do better to create a whole entity around B2B marketing and not just podcasting. Let your sales site be a sales site and let it be about B2B podcasting. Let it be about the niche reason your company's about. But with the other site, you can become a media entity and position it to be much broader. That way, it actually becomes a destination your ideal buyers want to frequent all the time. It probably won't be your sales website because the positioning is going to be smaller. And if your positioning is focused on something niche, why would they go to you for things outside of your positioning? They wouldn't. So build a media entity that's broader. It becomes known as a go-to information for the broader topic, of which your expertise is just a small niche or a small player in it. But at least you're in the conversation. At least you control the media that they're going to rather than begging to be in it or paying for it. No, you have control of it. You can run your own ads free of charge. You can have your own sponsored content in there, your own subject matter experts, your partners in there. So that's number one is positioning. And positioning's everything, and it is with your media. Treat it like so. Number two is consumption. People consume information differently when they're on different types of websites. There's a reason why if you go to Gong's website, for example, a great sales site, it looks very different from something like Wired. Wired is also a great website, but they look very differently. Just go to the home pages and pull them up side by side. In fact, you could probably see it in your head now. One's geared for sales and the other one's geared for consumption. And they're designed that way because it works that way. So build a media site that encourages people to consume, browse, scroll around. Your current website isn't set up like that. 
So why not build a whole brand and presence around the media entity positioned around the full scope of what your buyer is interested in? And then optimize it so that people can consume and browse and spend more time in your content rather than someone else's. So that was number two. Number three is conversion optimization. This one's huge because you can really only truly optimize one website to com- to do one thing. Sites that have lots of different calls to action will probably see a conversion rate go down. Generally, good sales site have one call to action. They have a lot of other smaller priorities, but one main priority, and that's to get people to book a demo or a free consultation or whatever the first step in your buying process is. It's going to be optimized for that. But a media site is optimized differently. To go back to the Wired example, if you go there now, you'll notice their call to action, though small, isn't buy, it's subscribe. It's get in the free email list and maybe pay for a subscription, but you're paying for content and it's different. The point of a media site is to get you to subscribe to get more media, consume more information. And the whole site's going to be geared towards converting for that and consumption versus a sales site is going to get you to read more about the product testimonials and about the company and the leadership team and all that kind of stuff as it should. It's a sales site. It's what it should do. But it's not optimized for audience growth. A media site is. So that was number three is conversion optimization. Number four is partnerships. Now, this is a small detail, but it could be a big one. If you're able to build a whole media property that's separate from your sales site, you now have leverage because you can grow an audience more easily. Once you have that audience, it becomes a piece that you can play in with partnerships because chances are, if you're partnering with other people that want to reach the same audience, now you can sweeten the deal of that partnership by including them sometimes in your media entity. It's no longer just something that's on your personal company blog. No, we have a full media entity now. It's its own separate thing. It has its separate website, separate domain name, separate brand. And it will be treated and viewed as such from your buyers as well as your partners. It's a separate entity now. And it's a great way to negotiate, leverage, sweeten the deal in order to get the kinds of partners you want to work with. Because the ones who have attention are the ones who have the leverage. So number four was partnerships. And lastly, number five is SEO. Yes, that's right. Search engine optimization, which by far is the most frequently quoted reason why you shouldn't have two sites. And it makes sense. I understand from a link building perspective, while you're spreading the link juice across two different sites, wouldn't you rather have one powerful site rather than two half powerful sites because of the links? So then I say, Yeah, but let's be honest, before I even dive into some of the benefits SEO-wise for a second website, most of the people giving me that argument aren't even really playing the SEO game. They're not really creating that much content that's really going to be winning rankings. They might make an article or two that's SEO content it might rank, but they're not aggressively going at it. They're not investing in it. You don't really care about SEO. You're not playing the game. And let's just admit that SEO isn't your default channel. Now, if you are playing the SEO game, and you're trying to figure out how to get more wins out of SEO. Here are two reasons why you might consider having a separate website, even for SEO purposes. One, two websites means more chances. You can have two different websites going for the same keyword, and they don't cannibalize if they're both rank-worthy, then they just rank one on top of the other. 
In fact, Google only lets you rank twice for every website. So if you have two websites in the game, bam, that's four positions. And yes, I have done it. I have ranked two, th two, three, four times with different websites for the same query. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. You dominate the search engine because maybe you have one, three, four, and seven. It's hard not to come into your one of your two websites. It's I've done it. <laughs> and it's pretty cool when you do. The second reason is Google really wants to know about your site. They want to be able to put your site in a category, in a bucket, and that's going to follow your positioning. Google wants to know, hey, like, what's the site about? When your sales site is really about this niche positioning, yet you're blogging about these broader topics, it's confusing to Google. By separating them out and being a little bit more consistent with it, Google can more easily increase your domain authority by having a better understanding of what your site is about instead of being the mostly about this, but you're still throwing out general articles on your sales site, separate them out and then Google can actually better place them and give them a better position. And that will affect your rankings across both sites. So that's two reasons why SEO can still work out in favor of having two sites. Now, those are the five reasons. Again, it's positioning, consumption, conversion optimization, partnerships, and SEO, why you might want to have two sites. And I'm only becoming a bigger fan of the two-site thing. In fact, I'm going to be launching a site for this podcast very soon. First, I have to actually launch this podcast because as of recording, this is the last episode in the first season where I'm launching a whole season at a time. I still haven't built the site that's coming next. Just to demonstrate how this works, it's going to be separate from sweetfishmedia.com and it's going to be theirattention.com coming soon. If you think I'm crazy and you have some arguments, you got some beefs with my five, maybe my technical SEO knowledge you want to take a shot at. <laughs> I'd love to hear about it and get into a, a friendly discussion about any of these things. Or if you want to learn more, come find me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash digital marketing Dan. And if this episode has been helpful to you, please take five seconds. Leave me a rating on Apple or Spotify that you think this show is worth. It helps me a ton in getting the word out there about this show. Thank you so much.